Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Cammy joined us. There would have been a time when Cammy would join us to talk about football, but he's talking about his follow-up Christmas album today. Yeah, with believe? a bit of star involvement, so that yeah. is good. You'll hear a bit um, of that as well. Now, of course, fans are going back over the weekend and started last night and, and the night before, but uh, Premier League fans. And uh, we spoke to somebody who will be at Tottenham she on will. Sunday. Chris Paros from... Uh, proud Lily White she was telling us how excited she is about uh, getting back into a Premier League stadium Um, we also had uh, Mike Ward with uh, the best of the non-sporting telly Martin Kellner with the best uh, sport on TV brought us that and we had a bit of a chat as always so uh, here it all is Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good it's to good to you. be back. And uh, start with, I don't know if you saw this interview with Kelly Jones of the Stereophonics. Mm. Uh, he said that he played football with David Bowie. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Not many people know that Bowie was a keeper. He was known as the Thin White Mac Duke. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm That's back. Right. He's back. I'm back. That's it. This is the sort of quality <laughs> material we've lacked, I think, over the last few days. I was thinking, uh, people, I'm not going tomorrow to football because I've got a ticket, but uh, it'd be interesting. The touts are going to sound different, aren't they? I was thinking about it. Ticket. 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 <laughs> Who wants a seat? Who, yes. You've got nothing to say. Well, I mean, that will be depressing, won't it? In yeah. light of everything. If there, I mean, <laughs> I I, if you were there last night, Arsenal fans, yeah. um, or if you've been to a game over the last couple of days, were there any touts? Was there anybody outside saying, buy any spares, buy or sell? Was anybody doing that? That would be depressing. If you Out of the 2,000, they've somehow managed to get their hand <laughs> on a, very bad. a clutch of tickets. So if you did yeah. see that, Arsenal fans, do let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089. Tweet TSH and J. And talking of Arsenal fans, it's very interesting. There's a piece in The Guardian this morning. The new rules, wear masks, no hugs and don't sing too loud. And there's a shot of Lacazette uh, celebrating his goal in front of nine Arsenal fans distance. Three of them not wearing masks. I mean, it's madness, isn't it? I mean, honestly, people are funny, aren't I think they, once but... people... I mean, they've, they've decided to do that. I'm saying, I think Paul mm. Barber may have been talking to Jim and the guys about it earlier mm. on, but they've decided to do that because if people then wear masks... 
they should be able to get more people in. If people wear yeah. masks and yeah. prove they can wear masks and they keep masks on, yeah. then there is more chance it's just selfish, that it? more people will be able to come into the grounds. It is. I've solved the signalling from the boundary controversy of English cricket, actually. Yeah, we've seen that. You may have seen yeah. in the T20 game, uh, the uh, somebody we've had on the show does a lot of the... Uh, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan that's Lemon. Right. That's right, yeah. And uh, they, um, they were hanging out sort of D1 and C3 and yeah. Max was saying yesterday he thought they were possibly playing a game of Battleship. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, so he's Max. doing the gag before you turn no, no, up. it's fine. Yeah, we he, did that he, as he well. He said you sunk my destroyer <laughs> yeah, is what Owen Morgan that's was, exactly. was shouting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Natural. And um, <clears throat> I've got news of a giant scotch egg. Oh, okay, I'm yeah, surprised yeah, you haven't seen it. Haven't it's it's oh. using sport as a unit of measurement. It, it's a, it weighs 21 pounds. It's 18, 18 inches across. It's full of ostrich meat, seven pounds of sausage meat, four pints of milk, and five loaves. But still, you can't picture it. Can you, until I tell you that it's the size of two footballs. Oh, the yeah, minute no, I no. do that, you can see it in your <laughs> yeah, mind's eye. So it's, how, can, it's yeah. how often yeah. is sport used as a unit of measurement? You know, uh, they want to extend the house and they want to put in a so and so. It'll be the size of two football pitches. That's the only thing people can really relate to, ultimately, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, and uh, or swimming pools, swimming uh, Olympic pools, swimming that's pools. That's yeah. the other one. Uh, Corey stars have been persuaded to sign bumper new deals. Uh, but if I was Bill Roach, I don't think I would really. You don't want to be typecast. <laughs> well, that's the trouble. I mean, it's, there's, there's other break. There's, I'd love to see him in casualty. <laughs> the thing is, if you did see him in anything else, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. it would be very difficult, wouldn't it? It would just, uh, well, just like the idea of maybe little guest appearances in EastEnders mm. and vice versa. So you could have, uh, Ken just goes in there, he's come down to London for the well, weekend. As Ken. Yeah, but he comes down to London. No, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Ken has come down to London <laughs> for the weekend. He's got a conference or something, or he's, uh, yeah. he's visiting a stately home sort of thing Ken would do. Yeah. And he just goes into the Vic for a pint they don't know who he is that would be great wouldn't it he no, just stands good. there having a beer he'd have to have a, a substantial meal with it of course at the moment yeah why not but uh, I'd like the idea of that. <clears> I'm very me much too. into it yeah so uh, we'll look at that apparently I don't know if you know this but in Japan letting a sumo wrestler make your baby make your oh, baby sorry. I don't like the sound of that <laughs> no in Japan letting a sumo wrestler wrestler Uwe <laughs> <laughs> wrestler oh, I'll get there in a minute yeah, you'll be there the try not to start. interrupt me honestly by about four o'clock it'll be, it'll be flowing oh yeah 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 <laughs> Rusty. In Japan, letting a sumo wrestler make your baby cry is considered to be good luck. Yeah, not if you're trying to sleep it, isn't it? Thanks. Yeah. Ken Bates did that to uh, my youngest son once. I've told him when he had it's a... his birthday today. Is it really? How old is he? He's incredible, Nick. Yeah. He's incredible, Nick. Yeah. Isn't he really? He's about eighty-eight or something. Once in the Chelsea program, somebody had—I think mm. somebody said something about fat old chairman generally, and the, yeah. and so Ken stripped down in the Chelsea program to a pair of white uh, jockey shorts. Do you remember that? And he stood there on the pitch, <laughs> standing for a bit. Can you imagine many chair, <laughs> many uh, chairman doing that? Standing <laughs> just a pair of jockey shorts on the pitch, saying, "I'm in good nick." For a man of what he was about 63 64 then but yeah he, he had to do it when I worked at the club he had to do it at his house we all went there and my youngest boy was I don't know he was about six months old seven eight maybe a little bit older but he got right in his face you can imagine that he's, he's going you know, he's great blokes, big big you he's nice and he and a big face right doing all that and so his old bottom lip goes <laughs> and so my eldest lad who was yeah. I don't know, about two or something don't you said don't make my brother cry and hit him Really? Yeah, and sort of gave him a little. Not play- in the vitals. No, no, a little playful <laughs> nudge in the old in the guts. 
And, really? uh, and so he said, well, I can't hit you back, so I'll hit him. So he hit me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the laws of Kemba. Anyway, there we go. <clears> I don't know what you tell us anyway. And yeah. uh, people have still been writing about uh, Maradona, you may have noticed this. Yeah. And uh, Syra Khan was writing uh, in her column. She said, uh, uh, my brothers have posters of him on the bedroom's wall, mimicked his skills in the park and wore T-shirts with his name written on the backs in black marker pen. No, he didn't. We were living in Argentina. <laughs> it's rubbish. People write such nonsense. Though. Yeah. Anyway. That's where there's been a lot of uh, lot of talk about it. Uh, VAR, Andy. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Jim Elliott from Crew. He's got it all sorted. Maybe we should run these past the former head of referees, Keith Hackett. He said, I have two suggestions for VAR. He wrote to the yeah. Sun. A player is only deemed offside if their whole body, including arms and legs, is in an offside position. The whole of the, the, whole body, of the body has to be over the whole of the line, is what he's he's suggesting. But what if they've got a trailing leg and then you've got to decide yeah. whether that's onside or offside that's on them? Madness. And his other one is, VAR replay should be normal speed as slow motion makes incidents seem worse. So you can I mean, the idea of the referee going back to only view it on the monitor yeah. in the speed that they orig- originally watched it. I mean, That could be tricky. That could be very tricky. But anyway, uh, mm. Matt Dickinson from The Times has had a chat with David Ellery from uh, IFAB, who said, uh, one, one It's of like the, he's talking about somebody else there, yeah, Ellery. It's fantastic. It's, he's, t- he's talked about, <laughs> I mean, if you're expecting to, to see the sort of things we see in, in, in uh, rugby and other sports where we hear what decision in cricket, that's, that's not going to happen. He's, he basically said, not a chance will that be uh, happening. He goes back to his day and says, the language wouldn't be right, but that feels a bit of a cop out, really. Yep. He says it also undermines the referees because mm. hearing them argue wouldn't be helpful. Well, I don't know. It doesn't have to be an argument. It's not an argument in rugby league. The referee says, for me, that's a try. And let's go back and have a look at it. So you know the position of the referee. They say, the ref says, for me, that's a goal. For me, that's a penalty. And then you look at it again. They have a discussion. There's always been an obsession to protect the referee from him. Right, everything the way it was designed in the first place. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, Andy. Yes. um, uh, a number of the listeners have been getting in touch and uh, saying, uh, where's Andy? Uh, he's not been in very much over the last couple of weeks. So, mm. uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to tell us why. Yeah, I mean, sadly, my wife Sue, dear wife Sue, is uh, took ill last week. She's in, in hospital. She had a stroke and uh, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it was really, really tough at first and it's still tough, but uh, thankfully... She's making a little yeah. progress each day, and it, it's you know it's been very. I have wonderful support from you, Paul, from the Talksport listeners, from my family, and it's really helped. But it, it's been very difficult, and it's been cam- compounded by the fact. And I'm any. I really feel for anybody who's got loved ones in hospital at the moment. I really feel for you yeah. because it's so painful. That is the worst aspect of it. Everything else, you not being able to with, go and see them, not being able to be with them in their hour of need, and it's terrible. But nothing to be done about it. But it is really, really difficult. But Hopefully, all being well, you know, she'll she'll make a full recovery. It's going to take a long time, I think, and for that reason, I've decided. I mean, I love doing this show. I love this three hours, and it's good for me to be here. And I, I, I I've been advised it's best thing to do but I also need to be there for her yeah for her recovery and there's still a lot of things to sort out as you go along talking to doctors and stuff exactly the therapy team and everything like that so uh, for the time being I'm only going to do Mondays and Fridays and I'll be here so when Chelsea lose on the weekend you still get a Jacobs (laughs) rant we may just call you if they lose midweek then again and also exactly I've got broadcast equipment at home and if I'm going to pop up occasionally from time to time and I've got some ideas of things I can do so you know uh, that's the, the way it is yeah, uh, you know it's probably and you'll has, see and you'll yeah. kind of see how things develop from there. But yeah, initially, yeah. you'll do Mondays and Fridays. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. Max so, will be in with me. Yeah. 
uh, on the Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and uh, Thursdays, and uh, yeah. we'll see it. Will... But so everybody's he's done a very good job, actually. He's actually done some prep. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh sure. no, it's, yeah. you've you've made him up his game. I have. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, that's going to be the situation. You'll catch Andy every Monday and Friday, looking ahead at the football and all the other big stories and the clips, and then uh, Mondays as well as we reflect on what's uh, been happening over the weekend. Max, with me. Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And, uh, yep, and we'll catch Andy a couple of times a week. Well, it'd be good to have you for whatever time Thank we you. can have you, Andy. Yep. And we all, I'm sure I'll speak for the listeners, we wish you a speedy recovery. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, I wish it could be Christmas every day When the kids start singing and the band begins to play Can't help clinging your, clinging your fingers, can you? Just swing, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. That is, of course, Wizards uh, Wish It Could Be Christmas uh, Every Day, featuring on the new Christmas album, the second Christmas running, he has a Christmas album out, following up, yeah. a very successful one last year, Chris Kamara. So, uh, it's great, isn't it? I mean, last year we spoke to you about the album, it did very well f- for you, and uh, you've come back for more, a new set of, a new set of songs. Oh, yeah, well... Because it did so well, the record company came back straight away, spoke to my agent and said, do you fancy going again? So he spoke to me and he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I thought that would be it. He he went, well, they're really keen. Can you start in March? (laughs) So So I went down to the Angel Studios in Islington in March and uh, they had a few songs ready. And they said, what we'll do is we'll try and do one a month. But now, can we do uh, In the Bleak Midwinter, <laughs> which obviously it's a hymn, but with the swing sound, it sounds brilliant. Um, the music does it. Anyway, I'm not blowing <laughs> me on trumpet there. Uh, the music sounds brilliant. And then Richard Scott said, uh, I wish it could be Christmas every day by Roy Wood. Um, he said, I've got... Um, uh, an idea for that. So he played it, got the big band to play it. I didn't even recognise the song in the swing wow. uh, mode. And he said, what do you think? And I said, the only problem is Roy Wood is still alive and any legends that are still alive, I'm sort of like, not critical, but some of the covers of some of these songs, mm. you think, oh God, why did they try and spoil such an mm. iconic song? So I said to uh, Richard, do you know Roy Wood? And he said, yeah, I know him really well. So I said, once it's done, uh, the music and the vocals are on it, would you take it to him and see what he thinks? So he said, right, deal. So we finished it in Stoke in October, took it to Roy, played it to him. He absolutely loved it. And he said, not only that, do I give my consent I'll intro Cammy at the top oh, lovely. with those iconic words. Okay, Cammy, take it. <laughs> she says later on in the chorus, and like it's a pinch me moment once again, Paul. It's like flipping. Oh, you know how did I, how did I end up here? But it's brilliant <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's fantastic. fantastic. You've got two new songs on the album as well, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Uh, Dear Mr. Claus, hmm. uh, written by Richard Scott again, which is an open letter to Santa to bring your loved ones home on a reindeer uh, for Christmas, which, you know, uh, with people having loved ones away from home, 
or even further north uh, than Birmingham uh, can't <laughs> possibly see them. So, yeah, that that one and uh, and a happy new year, which just reflects on this year a little bit and hopes that next year is going to be great. Uh, they're both brilliantly written, and the arrangement on all the songs is just well. I pinch myself at times yeah. when I'm with the big band, and we haven't been able to get together since March, uh, so we've done everything remotely since then. But when I get the music through, it's like, wow, am I really involved in this? It's just so good. Yeah, really? fantastic. And when's, when's <clears throat> it out, Cammy? It came out today. Oh, right, oh, OK. Congratulations. Yeah, so, uh, and the Happy New Year came out today, so... I'm doing the Abriglis Street, uh, easy for me to say, around yeah. uh, the houses and chatting to everyone. And you're two uh, massive supporters, so I can only thank you very oh. much. Oh, I just think it's great. It's, it's, yeah, I just said, yeah, we've said this before. I mean, when you were pr playing uh, football back in the day or managing teams, I, it, it, who, the way your career has panned out and the things you've done, I mean, you could, you could never map that out. You could never sit down with an agent and say, what I want to do is this, I want to do make a couple of Christmas albums. Mm. It would never happen, would it? No, not at all, not at all. When I, when I, I did a programme on the BBC called All Together Now, mm. And uh, I wanted to sing Brown Eyed Girl. So my agent came back to me and he said, oh, they've got too many people singing sing-along songs. Could you sing uh, a ballad? And I went, no, 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 flippin' hell, I've seen that show. You know, I'll get bombed out straight away. And he said, well, you go into these things with a smile on your face. You know, why are you worried about winning this one? And I went, no, you're right. And so I went into it. Adam Greenup is watching the show from Silver Screen Records, and he's the one that's got the idea. So he gets in touch with my agent. We go to Camden to their offices, and I've said to Simon Dent, my agent, this is Saturday Night Takeaway. This is Ant and Deck, who are hiding down below. <laughs> when I start singing, they're going to jump out. And he went, do you reckon? I went, I know. And he went, well, it's Bonafide Record Company. I said, yeah, but they do their homework. <laughs> so we get there, and I'm having, uh, I had to go downstairs, and there's a voice coach woman down there. Now, anyone who's had singing lessons would identify with this, but mm. anyone who hasn't, I have to go through the, uh, well, I'm not even sure what it's called, but the range. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. Scales, scales, yeah. <laughs> You know, and I can't stop laughing because I'm thinking this is a secret camera somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get me to sing Let It Snow. Yep. So I sing Let It Snow, and then they said, right, uh, once we've had a listen to that, we'll meet you in the uh, office. Yeah. And that's when I said to Simon, uh, Ant and Deck and go and jump out any second. Yeah. But they didn't. And here we are. And here you are, two albums in. Album. Okay. Well, it's brilliant, Cammy. Um, and we're, we're, the listeners can go and check it out wherever they usually listen to their music and buy the CD or download it. And yeah, more power to you. Good to catch up with you as oh, always. Brilliant. And we'll Thanks speak to you soon. For your support. Brilliant. Thank you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, I was going to tell you earlier about, I couldn't even pronounce it, yeah. Pyongyang Golf Course. Yeah. It's having a makeover. In North Korea, yeah. Yeah, it's a famous course. It's where the current leader, uh, Kim Jong-un's tyrant father, claimed a record-breaking round of 34 in 1987. That's impressive. Think, like, what a player he was. Must have been 18 mulligans, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> he must. Who was going to argue with him? Yeah, I know. I mean, if you just, I mean, even then, if he just, I mean, it's impossible. Could have been a bit it? more realistic. Third, I mean, yeah, if you're going to do something like you could, I don't know, because then 64, 64 would have been impressed <laughs> with 34. Yeah, he broke 60 or something. Yeah, yeah only Donald Trump could play that course and break 34. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's another one. And there's been a lot of controversy about tees at cricket. I see that the yeah. original, the Sussex League, have kind of They've overturned, the, overturned decision. the decision. But in between all that, there was a letter from good old Henry Blofeld, Blowers, and it's fantastic. Fantastically old school, this letter. I'll read you just a little bit of it. He says, The tea interval has, since the game began, been one of cricket's most charming, intrepid and surely immovable institutions. Sandwiches, occasionally scones and strawberry jam, cakes, yeah, we know what tea is, and a huge battered tin teapot and mug, some of which have lost their handles. The captain's wife, the umpire's sister, and the wicketkeeper's squeeze. Two lovely pubs. <laughs> and the wicketkeeper's squeeze in her turquoise jersey. The wicketkeeper's squeeze? <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you going to watch the, the game, Emery? Well, I'm going to go and watch it in the Wicketkeeper's Squeeze. It's fine. They do some nice beers in there. Yeah, so. men can do the teas. I used to do the teas. Yeah, you used to as well. Um, last week we were finding that out from one of the... Somebody, they, they, were going, they were defiantly coming up with a new pavlova. Mm. I mean, some of the, the, the tea that we talked to a team last week, the teas they laid on were pretty... Oh, you yeah. laid on a good tea. I won club, tea of the year when, with our team well, back tremendous. in about 2006. Yeah, I spent about 10 times more than anybody else. Did you, what was, yeah. did, you had some really poor ones where they just basically... Yeah. Tin packet sandwiches, well, yeah, sell by date packet sandwiches no, on your like plate. No, nah, that's not good enough for really. no, You've got to put no, the no. work in. Oh, I'll put the work in, yeah. And uh, if I'd said to you last this time last year that the highlight of this year would be a hundred year old bloke walking around his garden, you'd say, Are you mad? Yeah. But it was. It was good old Captain Sir Tom Moore. He's yeah. been voted the highlight of the very, very bleak 2020. So yeah. well done to him. Well done to him, indeed. Uh, Razor Ruddock is, uh, this could be interesting. He's 
trying to save a pub. He's joined a con, uh, what do you call it? Consortium. A consortium. That's oh, the yeah. word. Yeah, uh, the to save the historic windmill inn at Willsborough, Kent, to stop making way for flats. So, yeah, he said <laughs> the bloke who the spokesman John Webster said, "I've never seen Neil so excited." <laughs> 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 well, Fantastic. Yeah, well, that's how they do it. it. You know, yeah. we've got to save as many pubs as we can. Of Absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Anything else you want to discuss? Well, you kind of, I think that might done. be it. Uh, I tell you what, we talked about <laughs> refs. forever. Obviously, I, I meant to put this to <laughs> yeah. uh, to Keith Hackett earlier yeah, on. Yeah. You probably saw Stephanie Frappard, who, uh, who refereed yeah. uh, the Juve uh, Dinamo Kiev game, yeah. week French mm. referee. Um, and uh, Paul Field, who's the uh, Referees Association uh, chairman, said he thinks it's going to be a decade until we have any chance of seeing a similar thing happen in the uh, Premier League. I don't understand that, really, because we've got, you know, we've had female assistants, I'm sure. Yeah, it can't well, we've be had that. Wendy Toms. We had a, we had a, a woman referee doing sort we of football We interviewed a matches. young girl who was on the pathway, wasn't it, to become a professional referee? I can't remember, a few years back. She yeah. was good as well. I, th- I, th- I think it'll happen. Well, I'm sure take 10 years. Paul Field says, somebody like Stephanie is a true role model, but the evolution of the women's game in this country is five or ten years behind the rest of Europe. If we follow the same trajectory, he says, we won't get a female match official in the Premier League for another ten years. So, um... Yeah, I'm not sure women's football here would be like, happy to be known as ten years behind the rest of Europe. I'm well, not sure that's, I mean, that's true. Maybe he means in refereeing terms. Oh yeah, well maybe he does. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I'm sure very excited because she's got one of the golden tickets for the Spurs-Arsenal game at the weekend, is uh, Chris Paros, the co-chair of uh, Tottenham's Proud Lily Whites, the LB, sorry, LGBTQ Plus Supporters Association. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon. We had this sort of chat last week, I think, Paul. Mm. Do you feel an extra responsibility to get behind the lads, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean you don't want people going there that aren't going to cheer, I mean, that aren't going to... I mean, of... apparently that was the case last night from the Arsenal fans. I mean, they made a lot more noise mm. than everybody said. Resp- than you'd... I'd feel responsible. Yeah, you would. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's... can't be much worse at Arsenal, though, really, can it? <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't say that. Sorry, my friends over there, down the road. Um, well, I mean... Oh, you've gone. Have we lost Chris? Oh, there? that's annoying. Go Have we lost her? We lost her. We'll try and get we'll try and get her back if we can. This no, she's oh, there Sorry, you Chris, we lost you. Back, you, you, back, you, you were just you about to give your answer. You had to go at Arsenal. And yeah. Maybe they cut you no. off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I apologise to my friends down the road. Yeah. Um, I think that I think certainly it's going to be weird though, and I think even with two thousand people, no matter how much noise you make. It's not going to sort of be anywhere near what a full stadium would feel like. No. Um, but I do think that I think it'll be interesting as well because, of course, I've never put on the um, the crowd button as I've been watching games right. during the pandemic. So I'm assuming they'll turn the crowd button off to hear the 2,000 fans. Well, they're not so going. I don't think they're going to. I understand from what I've seen they're they, they're going to keep that. They're going to you're going to have a choice of listening without uh, effect. Okay. Well, you've got the choice: listen without effects, and you mm. will hear the crowd, or you can still listen with effects. That's what I think they're going to well, do. Well, guys, I'll ask you to listen out for me because I've got quite a loud voice <laughs> okay. so during the test events actually, when we just went in there to look around the stadium so there wasn't a game going on. Mm. You know, I tested uh, I tested my voice out on there. I used to be a Sunday league manager, actually, so it was many <laughs> years of honing my craft on Hackney Marshes and <laughs> bellowing instructions. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm... I'd like to sort of think that you'll be able to hear me, frankly. You know, it's giving the, the lads a good uh, good bit of encouragement. I'll and, be listening out for you. I don't, you. I don't like the crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. And finally, um, the other thing's going to be weird is people sitting in different places. I mean, I don't know where you normally sit and where you'll be sitting at the weekend. Well, I'm sitting sort of opposite where I sit. And okay. it, that is going to be weird, to be mm. honest. Um, 
but I guess we've only had a season or so there. So it's not like my sort of less nearly no, 20 no. years at White Hart Lane and then going to sit somewhere else. But it's only going to be a one off by all accounts, because I think quite rightly what Spurs are doing is once you've um, once you've been to a game, you're no longer el- you're not eligible no. again until all season ticket holders who want to go can go. Sure. So. It will just be a one-off, so you know. I think that's. I think that's okay. Well, enjoy the game, Chris. Mm. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Time then to uh, look back on a um, week of sport on TV in the company of uh, Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? Yes, good, thank you. Good. I think there is only one place to start, uh, and it's uh, it was Anton Ferdinand's yes. documentary, which I I watched last night. Good. Very powerful mm. bit of TV. I felt. I felt so too. I had quite a lively debate on uh, Twitter about this. The programme is called Anton Ferdinand, Football, Racism and Me, and it's still available on the iPlayer. Mm. Uh, and the way these programmes normally work is they go through, you know, what happened at the time and what the, uh, you know, what the upshot of that was. Uh, and then there's some sort of coming together, there's some sort of reconciliation. But for that, you needed uh, John Terry to take part. Mm. And uh, he decided he wasn't going to take part in this, which I thought was a huge mistake. I mean, you may have your own views on this, but, you know, captain, leader, legend, and, uh, you know, also he could be a sort of anti-racism supporter as well. Had he taken part? I don't, I don't, I mean, A, he sort of ruined the, um, ruined the narrative of the TV show by not taking part. Uh, and B, uh, I can't see what harm it would have done him to, to be, I mean, for a start, the problem with it was that the narrative of the time was that uh, Anton Ferdinand was taking John Terry to court for, mm. you know, for what John Terry said uh, on the pitch of that uh, QPR Chelsea match. But of course it wasn't. It was a member of the public, as, as the programme made clear. It was a member of the public who complained and, uh, and the police then obviously had to, uh, had to follow it up and it ended up in court. So it wasn't a case of Anton Ferdinand taking uh, John Terry uh, to court. Uh, so there was no, and he, he was found guilty and sort of, it was a fairly mealy-mouthed apology. It wasn't really an apology at all. It was more of an explanation that um, uh, Anton Ferdinand later released as a statement uh, after the FA uh, case. So uh, I don't see, and uh, a lot of Twitter did disagree with me on this, but I don't see what he would have lost by taking part in the programme. Mm. Uh, and I can see a lot of <clears throat> gains he would have made by uh, because clearly there was no prior to the to the incident in the match there was no particular animus between um, John Terry and uh, Anton Ferdinand as the program made clear he sort of signed a shirt for him when mm. uh, Anton was uh, was a junior player uh, in the dressing room afterwards he said we're cool are we because you know as we said Anton Ferdinand did, uh, did insult John Terry mm. uh, you know on the basis of things he's read in the tabloids so they were sort of swapping insults um, which. In that period may have been, well, say that period, it was only nine years, it was 2011, but may have been thought of as uh, sledging or banter. Uh, And one of the things the programme did that, you know, racism and, you know, racist insults such that they shouldn't be part, whatever else is part of sledging, they shouldn't be part of sledging. I mean, the whole thing. Um, there was a rich comic moment in the programme. I know you looked to, to me for a laugh or two. Uh, and that was, uh, he, he, he met up because he couldn't have this sort of um, meeting again with John Terry. He had a meeting with Neil Warnock, yeah. who was his manager at the time. 
Um, Neil Warnock was sitting in the lobby of the Rockcliffe Hall Hotel in Teesside, which mm. seemed a you know reasonably swish hotel for Teesside. Um, <laughs> aye, and, aye. Uh, yeah, that's I'm the joking, Teesside transmitter going quiet. <laughs> Martin Kellner who said that, Teesside. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But, so you've got, uh, you've got Neil Warnock sitting there in his shorts, mm. I mean, making the place look untidy, to be honest. He's in this sort of lavish lobby area, um, lounging on a, on a big armchair in shorts and his, his top, which probably was slightly too tight, I have to say. He looked like a, a man who's probably... I love a tight top, me. Me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we had that as well. He said, uh, he did I thought it was, out of, yeah. it was out of order, me. I yeah, yeah. The, the other thing I mean, with that that conversation with Neil Warnock, I mean, the, the people use this term "journey" about a TV show. Mm. Generally, it's not if you're not dancing on ice, that's not a journey. But no. I actually felt it was a suitable way to describe it because Anton Ferdinand learned things as he went along. That he, I mean, when Warnock mm. said, "I don't think you were quite the same player after that," you seemed to lose your concentration for me at QPR, and he was like, "Blimey, I I, I didn't know mm. the gaffer felt mm. like that." And the chat with Troy Townsend from Kick It Out, and again, he some I didn't feel I got the help that I could have done and Troy's reading of it was I mean look you know we know Troy pretty well hmm. and I think knowing him as we do if he felt he was in a position to do more he would have done it I know the FA have kind of uh, kicked back against some of the things that were said but as I said I, hmm. I kind of sense that you know Troy would have done his thing if he felt he could have done but I thought again you, he was learning things along the way you know I thought that was that was a very key part of it yeah, I think we all did. To be mm, honest, yeah. I think we all did. You know, anybody who, who you know, had any take on the incident at the time um, would have learned something from that show. I thought it was it was really good, and, and in a way, it had a sort of element of Greek tragedy in that, for, through no fault of his, of his own, really, Anton Ferdinand's career was in many ways destroyed. You know, yeah. and uh, he, he had played with his brother for him, and of course, Rio was in the show as well, and mm. Rio was saying that you know he wished he'd spoken up at the time. Yeah. Um, and it, it gives you a bit of a perspective on Black Lives Matter in the importance of speaking up at the time yeah. and calling it out, which you know football. It, it's worth. I mean, it's very. It's, it's well worth watching, Martin, isn't it? Yeah, I think people definitely. should uh, should, it should check it out. A, very very a good documentary. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was always. A, you know, it was never a great moment for John Terry. This and you know, for a man who played with so he had so many black colleagues that you know achieved yeah. so much success, it, it was a really. St- terrible thing for him to have done and uh, and now it, all of it's come out and he wants to be a manager you know that makes it life difficult for him you know, yeah I think. Absolutely. Well, maybe that may have been another that, that aspect was, of, sure. of, of yeah. chatting to Anton Ferdinand in the documentary Precisely. maybe you know with the timing of, of it coming out and him being linked to the the derby job maybe he feels maybe he should have done but we'll it, never it was, know it was the game of course that I did that uh, you YouTube did, you, thing with Mark you Birch did the so it was a very, yeah. it was a very, very zone on Sky, yeah, didn't you? It yes. was a very annoying which, game. Which there's no excuse whatsoever. Which is but a I lot mean, funnier yeah. than the game was. Yeah, um, <laughs> Martin, I've been squeezing one more. Uh, yeah, okay. What did, uh, what did Busby, you... yeah, uh, which on Sky documentaries, uh, made by Fullwell seventy three. You know, did Sunderland till sure. I die. There was yeah. some good stuff as well. Um, I thought this was a fantastic show. Um, you know, and it really, uh, it really gave Busby more. You know, because a lot of stuff's been coming out uh, since, uh, or since Jimmy. Murray, Murphy died particularly mm. uh, about Manchester United at the time with the two of them. It was sort of like good cop, bad cop. Um, there was Busby who liked to be, he was everybody 
Jimmy's friend and he was quiet, he never swore and all that. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, who was the bad cop. And uh, in a way, they um, you sort of need that type of thing. You know, it was almost like a Lennon-McCartney partnership, but obviously they didn't have any hit records. Um, but it did make the point that um, that Busby was the first of the tracksuit managers as well, because, you know, you don't often hear him given credit as an innovator, but he was an innovator in that respect. And there were great uh, uh, there were great scenes of him at the cliff with the, you know, with the Manchester United team uh, training uh, in the, as a, you know, as a tracksuit manager, whereas you know in those days managers were more of administrators in many ways but um it was great and there was a lovely quote from a guy called ronnie cope who played for united uh, between 1951 and 1961 he said we were all assembled in the dressing room this was at a match in the um, in the late 50s early 60s we were all assembled in the dressing room matt came in to give a, give a tour he looked at us all and tears came into his eyes and he just walked out um, and we understood. We knew what he was going through. He was looking at faces that weren't there. Right. You know, he went in, expected to see David Pegg and Eddie Coleman, Tommy mm. Taylor, Duncan yeah. Edwards. And it, it was, uh, you know, it was quite a moving program. And I'm glad to say that any documentary about Manchester United in the 1960s does have to have that. It is in the law. It's enshrined in law. They have to have the footage of George Best and the champagne. And fruits. the champagne glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think and that's was, available free. There. You don't have to license it's that anymore. The Teesside no. people are having a go at you, Martin. They're calling you a southerner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dirty yeah. southerner. Well, I'm south of Teesside, you know, yeah, yeah. but I'm still in that, yeah. From that Yeah, lead. I'm in tier three, so yeah. that makes you a solid northerner. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there's plenty of uh, live sport on TV this weekend. Much of it uh, here on uh, Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2. But now and again, maybe you need a bit of a break from the sport. Oh, so yeah. you're here to tell us what's worth watching. As always, is Brighton Sporting Daily Star TV uh, reviewer. It's Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. I'm a celebrity. Um, get me out of here finishes tonight. Um, you're keen. I mean, you're saying today that you'd love it to carry on. You really enjoy I'd it. I'd love it to carry on. <laughs> I've just, just basically, I just think it's of its time. It's come, you know, we've sat down and me and Mrs. W slumped on the sofa of an evening every every night for the last uh, three weeks or was it four or five, whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it ticks a box. I think, and uh, I just think they've done it really well this time around. And we've got the final tonight. We've got three left: um, Jordan North, Giovanna Fletcher, and Vernon Kay. And I have those three. I picked them a week ago as the top three. Ooh. If they finish in the right order, well, that, quids in, quids in, massively. Right. So. Who have you? Who, who would you go for? Um, who, who have you? In that you order, I think oh, Giovanna. Right. Yeah, I think she might win it actually. But um, yeah. uh, I've got him, Jordan North first, and. Uh, Javon a second, Vernon K third. I'd have, cu- have a couple of quid on Jordan North getting his own show on ITV2. Yes. Wouldn't you? I don't think you'd probably much, you know, it'd be odds much, on, wouldn't it? I would pretty think. much guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Any 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 of them. It should be written into the contract, really, for anybody who wins. Yeah. It's uh, so, okay. Well, um, that's tonight at uh, nine o'clock. Uh, Grayson's Art Club is yes. back. And uh, Grayson Perry, this was mm. really good last time. It I was, even mm. though they didn't uh, he didn't accept Andy's contribution. Well, yeah, you know that. That was his big what mistake. Yeah. That's his loss. It, it is yeah, so <laughs> despite that, you're gonna re enter Andy. The standard was so high, it was fantastic. The only thing I'd say about this, I was because he, he, the, the original show was one of the best things in lockdown. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. But now to put the exhibition on now, when people can't really go and see it, I always thought that he was going to wait until we got people back. But so it seems a strange decision to. Well, it of, seems like it sort yeah. of opened and then it's shut again. I think it, as far as like I was looking at the Manchester Art Gallery website, which is where it's it's being held, 
and um, it looks as if it opened um, last. Oh, oh, what happened to Mike there? Mike's uh, ISDN just dropped right off there. Was it? <laughs> he was in full flow. Full flow. Full flow. We'll try and, uh, we'll try and get him back. Because people, I think, you know, the standard was high. People will want to see the, the work. But I suppose eventually they will do. So this is the, now the exhibition of everything that, yeah. they, um, that they did before. And there was some famous Harry Hill had one in there. Yeah. He, he did his, one of his carvings. So it was good. I, I think we got Mike back. Yeah, you were just saying, um, we were just picking up, Mike, where, where you were leaving yeah, off. Yeah, so basically once they can reopen, and I don't think they have reopened yet, but they will, and I think the idea is to go on to the spring. But yes, it is a bit weird because obviously I think the hope was that there would be a clear-cut moment when yeah. life returned to normal and you just all walked in without your masks and hugged everyone and watched and, and mm -hmm. looked at all the pictures. It's not going to happen quite like that. But anyway, he's true to his word and he's putting these things on. And this is great for the people who, who contributed because it, you know, it kept a lot of people sane, didn't it, in those early Definitely. days? Definitely. Um, yeah, now this, uh, this sounds interesting. The Sound of TV yeah, with Neil Brand. Sounds... Uh, yeah. It's on BBC Four, nine pm. We should point out eight o'clock Channel Four to Grayson's Art Club, but nine pm BBC Four. Friday night is music night for them, of course, isn't it? It so is. This, yeah, this sounds good. This is this is very different. Neil Neil Brand is a composer and does various other things. He he's looking into the importance of music in the history of TV. So over the course of three episodes, the first episode is all about theme tunes. Uh, the second episode, which I've actually just stopped, uh, finished watching a few minutes ago, is all about advertising. So the music we remember, so, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing from yeah. 1971 and, you, you know, and um, all those sort of adverts that stick in your head, particularly in the golden age of advertising. It's a bit different now because, you know, uh, advertising has a different role and structure within our heads and in our lives. But back then, those things that you remember as a kid, you can probably remember them now as soon as you yeah. hear them. Uh, mm. So he looks at those then. And, and it's, it's a slightly more academic than if this program were put on, you know, on BBC One or ITV, where you probably, you know, get the usual talking heads popping up and and sort of, uh, you know, giving their their own personal recollections. So he meets a lot of people who've written music, and we get a little bit of the technicality behind it. But yeah. it, there's still a lot of passion for it, and it's still quite intriguing to to hear about some of the stuff and how it came together. 9pm BBC Two is something called Waterhole. I don't know if it's about the former Minder star Dennis Waterhole, is it? <laughs> yeah. or, is it? or the uh, pub in Neighbours. Yes, it, <laughs> this there is... A, it's 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 a, it's a, Africa's animal oasis. It is, yes. It's another Chris Packham thing. Basically, okay. in Tanzania, they dug a hole, mm. put some water in it, and then stuck some cameras there to watch the what the animals would do when drink. this thing suddenly... Because <laughs> yeah. water hole... I mean, I don't understand these Drink or water. drown, generally. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, that. That. Or, or, That's it. Or, or, no, or wallow. Oh, yeah, of course. Because the first yeah, ones true. who turn up, as that when the cameras watch it, because they sit back and they watch, and the animals, of course, they, where's this come from? You know, they don't actually say that. Yeah. But that's what they're thinking. I can it's true. Words. I mean, when you, when you go on a safari, that's where most of the action takes place, mm. isn't it? You go to a waterhole, you'll see the different, and you'll see the, the kind of Mexican standoff that you yes. get with some approach that the others have to back up, the old sort of food chain hierarchy. We saw we saw a cork, it was a, a, an elephant and a baby. With I can't remember what it was, but um, it was going to it was going to kick off any minute. But the baby <laughs> was quite leery. I think it was a rhino. So it started the baby elephant fronting up to the rhino, saying, oh. "Come on, then." Really? Quite brave because the, with her mum. The it yeah. was. It was like it was. It was a bit like yeah. Anyway. There was there uh, uh, an opening time of the warthogs in this one, which oh, is okay. actually very much yeah. like, like my lo local was on Wednesday. <laughs> funny enough, but they've come now, for they've come to wallow in mud because it keeps them cool in the heat. Nice one. So that's BBC Two uh, nine pm um, tomorrow night uh, eight thirty ITV. It will be all right on the night. Is back. The trouble is these days you. Find you've seen so many of the clips 
uh, on social media. This show has become so much harder to do. And they say it's yeah. hosted by David Walliams, but obviously to keep the money down and not have it in a studio as well. Yes. He's, a, he's a little cartoon, David Walliams. It's, isn't yes, it? it's not quite hosted in the old sort of traditional Dennis, 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 Norton, Norton. Dennis Norton with the clipboard yeah. sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, social media as ever spoils everything. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, then again. Paul does a good Dennis Norton, but no point. No, it's a bit dated. No, no, it's a bit dated. It was always not great. I mean, it's just, it's just that thing you always used to go, you're the kind of bloke who he just had that, <laughs> yeah, always exactly. that. So, stand there with a the clip. It was brilliant. He was yeah, a genius. Was, yeah. uh, a great writer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sunday night, Gary Barlow's Night at the Museum. What's all this about? <laughs> really? It's 9 p.m. ITV. Well, it sounds more exciting than it is. But Gary Barlow, um, well, this is the exciting bit. Gary Barlow has a new album out, which oh, is incredible no. to think because it's mm. almost as if it's, you know, Christmas is around the corner. Mm. Uh, so as as is traditional now, ICV uses that as an opportunity to have a big spectacular show. So basically it's him singing songs from his album um, with some other uh, sort of take that things chucked in. Yeah. Lots of guests like... Uh, Michael Bublé, oh, my sister-in-law, switch that off, she hates him. Uh, Rick Astley, <laughs> uh, Jason Donovan, Alfie Bates, yeah, all those people. Um, but they're doing it in, in, in the uh, yeah. Natural History Museum. Natural which, which History is, Museum. Is, is, to, is hired for parties sometimes. Yeah, under I, went, I went to a do there, Mike. When I, when I was doing Burp, we, they, uh, they had uh, the post-BAFTA bash there. Yeah, and they had it at the Natural History Museum. And I was thinking, though, there's a lot of people there getting leathered. And, yeah. you know, you've got some idiot that leans on a dinosaur. The old lot comes down, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, there was always that danger that someone's going to knock something over. I mean, they were quite trusting, really. But, yes. uh, it's a, but it is a brilliant... It's lit fantastically. It's a wonderful sort of sight in the evening. So I imagine it will look good. This, it does look good. Show. Yeah, it does yeah. look good. And, you know, I mean, they've done... Obviously, there has to be an element of social distancing. They're not all dancing around with masks on or anything. But yeah. as with a lot of these shows at the moment, they're having to sort of... You know, put it together in a slightly more cautious way than usual. Yeah, but it, yeah it looks all right. And uh, Jamie Oliver's back. <laughs> a bit of cynicism from you here. What's it? Keep cooking at Christmas. <laughs> well, Eight I mean, p.m. Channel. I, I know what you're saying. I yeah. do love a Christmas dinner, but we, we, I think he's told us before how to do it. And I mean, is he saying that the previous 19 or so years that he's been telling us actually no, forget all that. This is the way you should cook a turkey. And, and uh, no meal in 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 the history of the world gets as much attention as the Christmas dinner, does it? You know, in terms of Food shows, Delias, endless food shows. Yes, right. here's the perfect roast. I could do you the perfect roast potato. You just cook them a little bit, then you shake them in the pan so you fluff them up on the yeah, edge. Yeah. You see, and then the, 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 when you put them in really, really <laughs> hot lard, you've got to be as hot as you can get it, and then it, they really, really crisp up. From your new series, Ward on Spuds. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very like, a very limited appeal. But you sort of bang them in and bosh them in, and you wish them over, and you zhuzh yeah. them. Yeah. You have be, to zhuzh. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah, going on with, with uh, Jamie. Yeah. And just uh, while we're talking, like, um, I'm a celebrity, just finally, mm. Strictly Come Dancing, we go back to Saturday night. Um, yes. Bill Bailey's still the favourite. Bill Bailey, yeah, I mean, Bill Bailey is still the favourite, and he's still... I say he's still taking it seriously. Of course he's taking it seriously, but he's he hasn't done anything... You know, he hasn't been the comedian mm. with, with a capital C at any point in this. It's just like, oh, right, OK, this is what I'm doing and I'll learn. And, and his, his, his focus and his attention to detail and his desire to sort of learn and improve is brilliant because he's just playing completely straight. He's, but at the same time, he's very entertaining when he performs. So there's none of that, you know, excruciating, oh, look at me, aren't I an idiot thing, which mm. gets quite tiresome after about a fortnight when people have done it in the past anyway. He's just doing really, really well. And I think just because because the way the voting goes on these shows, it's very much a popularity contest first and foremost. 
Um, I can't see him fading to be in the final and, and sort of possibly going the whole way. Wow. That's true. Now, you went to a match, we've talked about this quite a couple of times already, about uh, pre-season, test event, a test test event, event at Brighton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that sort of mean that you go to the back of the queue now? or you? you just, <laughs> how does it work? I, I wish Brighton? I knew. Yeah, really? I'm in, okay. I'm in, I'm in one of the ballot things. Because hmm. um, you're at home Monday night against Southampton, aren't you? I am very much at home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, been, you haven't got a ticket. Made, that's been made quite <laughs> apparent. Good. No, um, I think you get as far as I can work out we, you get put into different groups mm. uh, by potluck as to which and then the first group gets drawn out and if there's anybody left they go into the, into the second group and they put I'm at the back of the queue is really what it boils down to right. um, there is I'm sure it's done absolutely brilliantly but I don't understand it because I, <laughs> I I'm Easily confused. Well, Paul Barber things. was on with Jim earlier on, so he probably explained it to oh, Jim. Okay. I'll, so I'll have, a listen, Jim. have a listen. <laughs> ring Jim. Just ring. He won't mind. No. Just ring Jim and he'll spell it all well. Ring Paul. He won't, he won't oh, he's, mind. He's yeah, a decent yeah, enough no. fellow. I'm he's sure a lovely. Yeah, yes. I mean, they're will. doing it. I'm just easily confused. There's no criticism of them. It's just me. I'm just thick. <laughs> nice one, Mike. Have a good weekend. Thanks Cheers, very guys. much. Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there we are. So as you were hearing, uh, Andy will be back with us on uh, Monday. Yeah, thank you so much for everybody who sent me really lovely uh, messages of support and everything. I really, really appreciate it. So yeah. thanks very much. Brilliant. So Andy, we'll see you Monday. Yeah, hope so. And uh, until then, have a great well, weekend. Unless Chelsea lose to Leeds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he may have the day off. <laughs> have a good weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.